Good morning. Merry Christmas. You know, um, I've been reflecting this morning, and it is uh, really kind of special and amazing, the thought that we can gather not only on the Lord's Day, but also celebrate our Savior's birth all in one day. It's been a few years since uh, we've been able to do that. Um, we weren't sure how many people were going to show up this morning, you know, because we've had three identical services. So thank you for being here. This is wonderful that we're celebrating together. When I was growing up, I, I still remember um, we had a candlelight service at 6 a.m. on Christmas morning. And my mom every year wanted to go. So that was kind of one of my memories <clears throat> of getting up and, and going to a candlelight service that early in the morning before we could uh, open any presents or do anything. We had to go to the candlelight service. So it's always been a special thing. Uh, in my life. But thanks again for, for being here this morning. Our greatest desire this morning is really no secret. It's to arrest your attention on the beauty and the wonder and the gift that is found wrapped in a manger. For those of us who grew up celebrating the birth of Jesus, the Christmas story can become really too familiar. <clears throat> And it easily slips from a story of awe to just simple facts of history. And we rattle off the events of, of Christmas and Mary gave birth to Jesus and the shepherds came and, and the wise men came as though it was like a movie that we just uh, came from and we're telling somebody else about it. But when you stop and really consider it, the story of Christmas is anything but normal. It's absurd. It's full of biological impossibilities, strained family dynamics, emotional turmoil, supernatural encounters, and people asked to do the craziest things. The story of Christmas is filled with one crazy thing after another. But the joy of this season is that with each twist and turn in the story, God finds people who choose to follow when they are challenged to believe what they have not seen and do the things that they've never done. 2,000 years ago, God came down here to dwell among people. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah 7, 13 and 14 says this, Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of men? We also try the patience of my God also. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God did not respond out of the urgent. He didn't react out of fear. He wasn't in a panic. It wasn't a spontaneous decision all of a sudden. He had planned this all along. Isaiah, a prophet of God, was sharing a message of hope for some people who really needed. They were desperate for a message of hope. And God spoke through his servant Isaiah and said, his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. It's the final name that we're looking at in this series, the names of God. And it was all part of God's master plan, not only to bring hope to a nation in distress, but to bring hope to all people of all times in all places, to bring hope to your house, to bring hope to your life, to bring hope to your marriage, to bring hope to your relationships, because he would be the answer to everything. In Matthew 1, Verses 22 and 23, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus was the fulfillment of a promise that was made many years before. Jesus was, Jesus is, and Jesus will always be the answer to everything. And I know that sounds trivial. I know that that sounds elementary. 
but it is true. When somebody says, I'm not sure what to do in life, we can honestly say that Jesus is the answer. Turn to him, lean on him. Or I'm confused and lost, or someone might say I'm hurting, or I'm angry, or I'm bitter, or I'm full of hate, or I'm worried, or anxious, or empty, or I'm tired, or I'm weary, or I lack purpose and meaning, or I'm lonely. It's the same answer. He is the answer to everything in this life. Some of you grew up with some weird Christmas traditions, I am guessing. You, you didn't know they were weird at the time until you got older and then you start sharing with friends and family, other family, and you're like, oh, wait, maybe these really were strange. And you're like, my family really was different. But there are some more common traditions that people have. Our kids were greatly deprived not having Elf on the Shelf. I don't know if you guys do that. Um, they didn't have Elf on the Shelf, but as our kids got older and they left the house, we decided to get an Elf. Uh, in our house, just for Lori and I, you know, just to have fun with. And last night it was hanging from the sconce above our kitchen sink, and now it's hanging from the door where our chips are located. So it's, it's just kind of fun. But, but I remember a couple times Lori making a cake to celebrate Jesus' birthday. Anybody do that? Anybody still do that? A few people make a cake? Yeah, that was always fun. I am shocked that Jesus likes the same cake as me. German chocolate cake. But it was just one way for us to keep what's most important in front of our kids and the reason for this season. You might have other traditions to remind you and your children that Christmas is the birthday of Jesus. Maybe. Kind of. But probably not. To be technical, December 25th, there's one in 365 day chance that Jesus was born on December 25th on Christmas Day, what we call Christmas Day. In all honesty, we don't know when he was born and yet December 25th was not just a random day. There are different theories about when Jesus was born. Some suggest it was March 25th when Mary found out she was pregnant. They just fast forwarded to December 25th, which would be nine months later. Another theory suggests about 300 years after Jesus was born, the early church picked up a, uh, uh, had to pick a day to set aside to, to celebrate the birth of Christ. And when they were identified what day that would be, they looked at the calendar and they picked a day that was in the middle of what is called winter solstice and a day where the shortest time between the sun rising and the sun setting, it was also thought to be the coldest and the darkest day of the year. And December 25th, the shortest, uh, coldest, and darkest day would become the day that we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus, who would bring light and life into a cold, dark world. The day when the sun started winning over the darkness of winter. That's why John says, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. In a world that seems cold and dark at times, we celebrate that light and life that has come. Because all of us in this place have experienced the coldness and the darkness of this life at some point. Some of you are experiencing it in ways right now that you never have before. For those who have responded to God's invitation, you've surrendered your life to Jesus, you still at times possibly experience the remnants of sin that this cold and dark world that at one time gripped your soul. 
And for those who are still grappling with the truth of Jesus, and maybe you're here and you know, I don't even know if Jesus is real. I don't know if I believe this. You may think that you are here because it's just routine or it's tradition or, or my mom made me come or my dad made me come or the whole family was coming so I came. But you're here because you're supposed to be here. And as you are sitting here, Jesus is attempting once again to penetrate your heart and your life. He's shining his light on the dark areas of your heart and life, hoping to catch your attention long enough that you can see that he is real. He is who he says he is. Luke 2, the angel breaks the silence and says, and then the angel's voice pierces the dark, cold night and says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, he is the Lord. Into the dark, cold night, an angel breaks through the silence. I bring you good news and great joy. If there was ever anything good in regards to darkness, it is that light shines more profound. And the message of scripture is not to put your hope in this world. When you read scripture, it doesn't say, oh, put all your hope in this world. The message of scripture is not uh, to hold on tight because things are gonna get better in this life. It's not a message of, of health and wealth. The message of scripture is that life is short. Life is temporary. And in this life, it can be hard, it can be cold, it can, it can be dark at times, and the purpose of this life is to prepare you for the next. And the angel comes and he gives good news of great joy. It's, it's good news then, now, and forever. It's because the Savior has been born at just the right time. There are websites that keep track of letters that kids write to Santa. And there was this one that said, Dear Santa, there are three boys living in my house. Jeffrey, he's two. Jared's four. And Jake is seven. Jeffrey's good some of the time. Uh, Jared is good, I mean, hardly ever good. He's, he, once in a great while, Jake, he's always good. I'm Jake, he says. And when, when I read that, I kind of thought, you know, kind of reminds me of sometimes like for us, if we were literally to write a letter to God, we might say, hey, this person over here, they're good some of the time, or this family, they're good some of the time, but not always. But God, I just need you to know that in comparison to the people around me, in comparison to even other people I encounter, I am good, I am better than them, as though we're trying to catch God's attention. One more time. Friends, we are all equally in need of a savior. Every single person here this morning. That is the good news and the great joy. We have a savior who has been born. His name is Emmanuel. God with us. In just a moment, we're gonna uh, hear a special song sung by Ella, and it's called, Who Would Have Dreamed? It's a very powerful song. And the chorus goes like this. And who, who would have dreamed over or ever foreseen that we could hold God in our hands? The giver of life is born in the night, revealing God's glorious plan to save the world.